All right, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, feast your eyes and tune your ears. It's that time again. We are live with another episode of The Authority Project. It's the video podcast streamed on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and Periscope, where we talk to digital marketers, business coaches, and creators of all kinds on how they've built authority in their field and how you can mimic their success. Developing authority, building your audience, and attracting better clients to your own business. Now, without further ado, let's bring to the virtual stage your host, Brian S. Arnold. All right, we are on the virtual stage. How are you doing, everybody? This is another episode of The Authority Project, and I am here with my uh, new good friend here, Janice. I, I didn't even get your last name. Let me make sure I got, got this right. Isaman? Isaman? Isaman, yes. yes. And let's bring our faces on, this, on the, um, the platform here. How are you doing today, first of all? I'm good. How are you? <laughs> Great. I know we got our times mixed up a little bit. My fault. <laughs> um, but we are here. We are here. No worries. We know how to, we're, we're both professionals. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so we can do it. We can do it. So she is here and she's going to show us today how to get clients as a fitness expert. And I am very excited um, to have her on the show today. I think she's going to give us some, some great strategies and tips on that. Uh, but before we get started, please just, just tell us real quick um, who you are personally and then professionally. Personally. All right. That's a great place to start. I'm a mother. And so somewhere around here in the background, I have a nine-year-old boy. Uh, he's actually with me at work today. So nice. um, in my spare time, I love riding and riding my bike. And um, I'm actually, during the pandemic, I'm learning to play a flute. Ooh, nice. And then what keeps me really busy is my job. I am the owner of My Body Couture, so I'm sitting here in the studio, and you can see a photo of it behind me as well. Yeah. I have a bricks and mortar studio, and I also have a digital studio where I see clients. And the whole goal is to help people feel better in their body. So the vast majority of people that come in to see me come in because something on their body hurts. Mm-hmm. So they have those nagging aches and pains that we often associate with aging. So the shoulders hurt. The hips hurt, the low back hurts, you know, three quarters of people can relate to one of the things I've said already, but we also have knees, we have feet, etc. So what often happens is that we get to a place in life where that just holds us back. It holds us back from our hobbies. I named out a few hobbies that I love. So let's say that we love riding our bike or we love gardening. Um, I've had people that come into me that just want to be able to garden. I also have people that want to do high level sports. I have people that are CEOs of companies who've told me that they feel embarrassed when they get off an airplane. Mm -hmm. This is a private space. And I also offer my services privately digitally, which is really great. So it's for people that want that one-to-one touch where they want customized programs, solutions that really work, things that are very sustainable. And I use a lot of non-traditional fitness methods. So we're not lifting a ton of weights. Uh, We're doing things that maybe a lot of my clientele haven't loved the experience of going to the gym in the past. Mm. So we're, we're looking at new solutions for people that they can really stay with. Awesome. Oh, great. That is wonderful. Now, you've answered all my questions. The show is over now. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. So um, 
So basically, the question, I usually get asked the one question now is a new question about what you're currently working on. Is there anything special that you're currently working on right now? Let me ask you that first. That's a good question. So this, this is the COVID special where okay. I went from probably having 80% of my business being in a bricks and mortar space to, I don't know, I'm probably at around 50-50 now. Wow. Uh, I had 100% at one point. I've had some clients that filter back in, but... I also have clients throughout North America. So I have people that are in Miami and I have people that are in Chicago and I have people that are in New York City and British Columbia, Toronto, etc. So I've got people all over the place now. So there is a huge component of this business that is going to stay online. And what really changed actually interestingly wasn't me. It was the marketplace. So in 2018, I started offering digital services. I had online classes. I also had online privates. But a lot of people just had a lot of um, technological concerns. So I would always offer out to my clients, if you're on vacation, I can give you a Skype session. And no one ever did it. Literally no one. <laughs> what happened in March of 2020 was all of a sudden the entirety of North America, and actually, let's be honest, the world, yeah. got very comfortable in 24 hours with Zoom. Yeah. And so... I had already kind of walked into that marketplace. I had worked out some of the kinks with being on camera and all of that awkwardness and body angles and all that stuff. So I was lucky enough to, at that point, be able to offer that service to clients immediately because I had some experience with that on my end, but then it was actually really up to the clients to feel comfortable and confident on camera themselves. So we kind of got over that little hurdle. So what I'm working on now is just actually expanding that offering. So even things like this podcast where we now have a much more viable market throughout all of the continent as opposed to just being in a one small local area. I love it. Awesome. So let's let's um let's go down what took you down this path of helping people with their body is it coutures, contours? How do you yeah. say it? Couture. Couture. Yeah. Tell tell us how how you got down to this path. What, what led you here? Well, that's a good question. So I, I think a lot of entrepreneurs do what we do because it was a service that we wish existed at one point. So I had a knee injury and I gained that knee injury uh, by running. And I was, mm. I was not an athletic person when I grew up. So I went from kind of zero to 100. So literally, if I knew then what I knew now, I would never have gone on the sort of pathway that I did. But I went to the sports doctor, I went to a rolfer. And I remember that crazy guy telling stories of how he would do whatever drugs with whatever members of the of KISS. And I was like, I don't even know what what's going on here. But um and I, I went to all kinds of places, but what I know now is that all of them worked on the specific area of pain that I had, yeah. but then I would go out and I'd run again and mm. the injury would come back because mm. I didn't actually have the mobility and the strength in the areas of my body to support that activity. Yeah. So it's just that simple. Basically at the age of, I don't know, I was 19 or 20, I had to seek all these solutions just to do a hobby. And I went on with my life. I actually ended up uh, being a fashion media executive. I lived in New York City and had that going on. But in the background of my life as my side hustle, I was Mm. doing training and I was seeing clients and developing this whole piece of my life. 
And that was actually not ever intended to be a job. Uh-huh. <laughs> I love to do, which yeah. actually made it better. So I did what they say to do, which is invest in trainings and education and invest in equipment and invest in all of that time and get that experience. And then by the time I actually did make a transfer, and that was due largely to my personal life. So with a child, my fashion media executive job wasn't necessarily as ideal. (laughs) So I actually took a lot of the elements that I had both encountered and worked on when I had my day job. So when I had my day job, obviously I couldn't work at a gym. I couldn't be a group teacher. So I would see people privately, see them one-on-one. So from day one, I was doing that side hustle very in a very entrepreneurial way. So when it came time to do that shift, it was just so natural because I already had an idea of how to get clients by myself. I already had an idea of how much to charge people. I had all of that training and experience in my back pocket and I'm not going to say it was like that, but it was yeah. like that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, so, so how long did it take for you? Cause I know this is a question that I really want to get across to the, to the audience here is like, how long did it take for you to get to that transition from being at this, you know, pretty high level job to really going out and doing your own thing? That was six years. Six years? Yeah, it was six years. Awesome. Awesome. Okay. I want to get that out there because a lot of people think that, you know, things just happen overnight or things happen within a few months or so forth. But no. (laughs) No. And actually, even during COVID, I'm kind of laughing because there's certain things that are happening in my business right now. This has been open um, for almost eight years and it's the overnight success. (laughs) (laughs) So I think that often we do have that idea. Uh, you know, I'm going to work my day job, work my side hustle, do that for a year, maybe two. And it, it, and it's quite a lengthy process. And that's part of what I referenced earlier, which is I did what they say to do, but nobody ever really tells you how long that is going to take. And it, and it is quite a while because you have to build that whole base behind you and get to a place where you can comfortably actually make a living doing it. Yeah. I am so glad you said that because there's so many fly by night things out there, do this in 60 days, do this in 90 days. Mm-hmm. And it's for, for the most part, it's not true. It's not you, true. Might, you might have your, you know, your examples, one or two people who do it, you know, but it's not the norm. Am I right about that, Janice? <laughs> well, you know, I have that going on in my industry too. I see things all the time that say in 21 days, you can, yeah. you know, lose 20 pounds or develop yeah, a true. habit. I'm like, that's <laughs> And this is going to sell things, but it, it is a big lie. Yeah, I love it. I love it. So let's, let's, I want to get one question before we get into the client, client issue, client um, um, question. What problem did you see out there that got you searching for this better solution? Whereas, you know, I, I kind of, I, I kind of searched you up a little bit. <laughs> oh. I searched out. Yeah. So what, what was, what was that you saw that, you know, you saw in other fitness solutions that were, that you knew wasn't right and that you knew you had to solve this particular problem that wasn't working for you? Good question. A lot of fitness at the gym is really focused on one certain type of person in one phase of life. So if you go into a gym right now, we're going to see a heavy up of folks in their 20s. Nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong with the offerings. Nothing wrong with what's going on in there. But when it really boils down only about 20% of people in North America even have a gym membership. And statistics show that a lot of 
those folks are not even using those gym memberships. Right. So what is happening? We all know at our age that we should be working out. We all know that we should be going to the gym. But when we're really looking at, you know, maybe 10 to 15% of people are going, it means that there's a disconnect there for people. Mm-hmm. The things that I hear and that I experienced, I'm putting in all this time and I'm getting no results. I'm putting in all this time and I'm looking around and other people are getting results. And right. I'm, <laughs> That's the worst. <laughs> right? Um, my body hurts. So there's a lot of people who are sitting mm. on injuries and there isn't really a great path other than physio for how do we get, I talk about it like a pyramid. So I don't progress my clients to fitness until we're out of that pain because we're not going to build fitness on top of pain. Yeah. So when we get into a gym setting and our knees are hurting when we're doing squats, how long are we going to keep going to the gym? Probably not a super long time. So I looked at all the reasons why people aren't going to a traditional fitness facility. Embarrassment. Mm -hmm. A lot of people actually, this one I really find interesting. They feel like they need to be in shape in order to go. (laughs) (laughs) That is funny. (laughs) Yeah, that makes sense though. That makes sense. Yeah. And so I built a private facility because we can take all of that away. We're not, there's no mirrors in here. So nobody's, nobody's looking at you, including you. There is no loud music. In fact, there's no music at all. um, Because a lot of facilities are really, it's, it's very overstimulating for some people. Mm. A lot of the movements are things that people don't enjoy doing straight up, do not enjoy them. Mm. And so this isn't the solution for everybody either, but I'm trying to focus more on, here's a totally different package and then working from that pyramid where we have to be out of pain and then we can get fitness because if the knees hurt when we're squatting or sitting or walking or running, we're not going to do that. We might be able to force ourselves and kind of use our brains and willpower to overcome that. Right, right. It's going to work for a short period of time. We're not going right. to get anywhere. So we need to get more education on how to stay out of pain in the first place. And we need to maybe get a bit of help and do that in a way. And again, this isn't disparaging the traditional fitness industry, but for a lot of people, it's not that helpful to kind of hear and 10 and nine and eight, you know, where's <laughs> yeah. the information that we can actually apply. This is what it should feel like in the hips. This is what should be happening when you sit and you stand, etc. Wow. So I kind of hit that from a couple different angles and the problem is really, I'm talking to myself, you know, yeah. I, wasn't, yeah. I wasn't an athlete when I grew up. So it, yeah. it really is that non-traditional solution for people that are just like me. Yeah. A lot of personal trainers come at it from a highly athletic background. That's great. But then that's going to attract a person who's like that. I love it. I, I'm glad that you said that because it's like your solution really comes from your, from your own story, yeah. which is, which is, which is, a great way to build something, obviously. So right. let's get to, and I, I love, I mean, we, might, we might be a little bit slightly over 30 minutes. That's okay. Because <laughs> you have such, this content is, is, is incredible so far. So let's get to the point where we can start to getting clients based mm-hmm. on this problem that you now solve. How, how did you get to the point where now, where, how did you start 
finding clients and it was it was it well just just let's go ahead and do your thing just let, tell me how you did that <laughs> <laughs> so when i first opened the studio um actually there is one other thing i do want to address so quite often we feel like in fact there's two we feel like we need to build a huge business plan and we need to have it all right yeah i didn't either of those so mm. i kind of had a business plan that was more in my head than on paper, and when I say kind of, I mean, it was in my head and not on paper at all. <laughs> this is my second business, and my first business, I spent all the time basically putting it out on paper, getting this beautiful plan. You can spend eight hours a day working business plan quite easily. Yeah. <laughs> so I was really taking from that, I need to execute, not plan. Mm. And again, that with the knowledge that I'd had six years of part-time experience doing this. So this wasn't kind of just like shooting at a dartboard. Right. Um, when I opened the doors to this space, it wasn't actually fully decorated. I wasn't fully ready. I didn't have my branding on the wall. I didn't have the waiting room chairs. It was, it's about a service. So mm-hmm. I actually spent the first couple of years, every time I got a little bit more revenue, I would continue that branding. So that's important because I think that we often think I've got to have this huge roster. I've got to have $200,000 to get all of the signage and all of the business cards. And I mean, the space was tidy and clean. It certainly wasn't what it is today. Yeah. So what I did to bridge that gap was actually work in an outside facility. So I had clients who were exposed to my services and I had clients in here, but I also worked at an outside facility. Mm-hmm. So it was a private facility, private members facility. I didn't ever get a lot of crossover, but it gave me a lot of confidence that what I was doing was right. And I could also kind of test my theories on some of those clients. And I actually, you know what, I'm not lying to you, but not telling the full truth. I literally an hour ago saw a client that's from back in those days. So that's wow. how long been a client continuity. So that's one thing I definitely recommend. I mean, I was exposed to thousands of people in another scenario where 10 people maybe were really connecting with that message and that technique and that style and they became clients. And some of them exist to this day. The second thing that I did was work with referral partners. Hmm. So I looked at who would have similar clients who had similar problems who might need some extra support. And I went to chiropractors and acupuncturists and massage therapists, naturopaths over the years. I've had a couple different ones, but I would build a deep relationship with that referral partner. So I would trade services with them myself. For example, there was a Nuka chiropractor in my network for quite a while. Okay. And I would go to her and she would come to me. So that way, when those referrals were happening, it wasn't based on the fact that we had looked at, looked at each other's website. It was based on this is a result that I got in my body. And then we also really understood how we worked together. So I think quite often people are really afraid to refer clients to another practitioner, especially when it's something that's kind of similar. Yeah. But knowing that 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 practitioner could do something that I couldn't and that I could do something that they couldn't meant that it's two pieces to the same puzzle for a client. So that was a very, very effective strategy because 
it's building that deep relationship. Again, it's not kind of LinkedIn buddies or Instagram likes. It's actually spending the time to mm-hmm. give that other person your service. And in my case, that service is an hour. So that's not a minimal investment in terms of what I'm giving to someone else. The third thing I did was build a client referral program. I had gift cards that are made of plastic. So they're similar to what you would get at, you know, the Gap or another major retailer at Christmas. Hmm. Plastic card with $75 off. I decided from day one, because I had done a whole bunch of price testing. Okay. I wasn't going to discount because what happens when you discount is that people wait for the discounts. Right. 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 I spend a lot of time and money every year upgrading my education. That's really, really important to me to be very on top of what's happening. So to turn around and devalue my service because I'm offering more in terms of bigger packages or devalue my service in terms of we know that every long weekend I'm going to knock 25% off or every summer I'm going to have that price dip means that I'm going to get clients in here who are paying less because they've waited. And A, it's not fair to the clients who are paying more. But B, it means that people hang back and purchase the service when they know that it's discounted. And then C, I know that it's discounted because I'm the business owner and I'm not going to give them the same service that somebody is paying full prices because I'm thinking, hmm, this person should be paying more. Right. So what I created was a program where there was a way to get a discount. And it was to tell your friend. Mm. So whenever somebody would tell me that they wanted to share my services and share those results with someone else, I would give them a little stack of four or five gift cards. I put barcodes on the back. So it was kind of fun because I could see how long it took somebody Mm. to redeem those. And I knew who had given them the card. And then I would give the person who referred them $75 off. And I would give the person who was referred in $75 off. So that was the way that you could get the discount. And it really was a friends and family program. That is to this day, the most successful thing I've ever done for the business. Wow. That's, that's serious. It's very serious. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. I love that. So I basically had referral partners who were working for me. I had clients who were working for me. And then in the very early days, I, I hassled, in outside spaces. Now I do my marketing in a different way, but that was kind of how I built the base of who was in here in the first place. Awesome. So let me tell you, let me ask you this. Are there certain social sites you like over others if you're, when you're trying to prospect online, mm-hmm. possibly? Yes. So because what I do is a little bit different in my space, I have always really been successful with Facebook because it's okay. a platform where I can share concepts and ideas as opposed to photos of either my results or my clients' results. So I recently have actually had quite a bit of success through Instagram, but for seven years, it's been Facebook, Facebook, Facebook. In fact, during during the pandemic, I looked at my statistics and a hundred percent of those sales leads were actually coming in through Facebook. So that's, that's not, (laughs) But I think, again, that actually goes back to, in my industry, the most common way that business owners or personal trainers will promote themselves is to show photos of themselves 
with a lot of their body showing. That's not really my clientele. It's not really my target market. And it's not my message at all. I'm all about how your body feels and not how it looks. So I have no problem putting up photos of myself, but I'm not going to be there in a bikini. I'm not going to be there flexing. I'm not going to be there on the top when that's not what I'm actually doing. I'll put up pictures of things that I've actually done, but not, I'm not going to go somewhere and pose and, you know, and again, this is great marketing for other folks, but that's where I struggled with Instagram because I've always just really had this very authentic message and more of it is almost in your brain than it is in your body until you kind of get going. So Facebook was really that place that I, we could have those longer conversations. It's almost like a blog on there, etc. So Instagram has taken a little bit more of a place recently because I I feel like a lot of people have actually switched to Instagram in the last five months because the messaging on Facebook has been, you know. (laughs) (laughs) It's a lot. It's it's a very noisy noisy platform. Yeah. Yeah. I I get that. Um, And it's a standalone app. So you're getting one message usually instead of being handled by, here's a group. Here's an ad. Yes, right? Yeah. Right. So awesome. Awesome. Um, Let's go to, well, we already kind of looked at your local clients or clients as as opposed to virtual clients. Let me just ask you this going forward. Are you looking more so getting virtual clients going forward or are you, do you still like the the one-on-one aspect of a local client? That's a great question. So I love both. Um, because I think that what I offer, not, I think, I know that what I offer is a specialty service and there's people everywhere looking for it. So that's part of also why I've used Instagram because with the Instagram hashtagging, we can reach different people in different Mm -hmm. cities that would have maybe otherwise be exposed to that. So what I'm offering is something that is very specific. When people discover me, it either is a yes or a not interested at all because it's really about somebody who wants to feel better in their body. They're kind of past what their body looks like. You're going to look great, but that's a side benefit. So, and it's really for somebody who wants to get that deeper education. So I'm not kind of setting a target in terms of, Oh, by 2022, I want X amount digital (laughs) amount in person. Right. I think what, this opens up is an opportunity to do both in a totally new way. All of my digital clients, because I served everybody digitally during the pandemic closed Mm. down, were Mm. so excited and super happy. And I did pick up clients, as I mentioned, from different places throughout North America. So I think that there's just tremendous growth potential. I am staying grounded in a physical space because I think there's something that it's almost like a laboratory yeah. where we can really get that human touch. But, you know, we, are, we live in a, in a world where we can all travel. I can travel to clients. If there's anyone here from Hawaii, I'm in. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. <laughs> I'll be right there. I can travel to clients. They can come here or we can keep it fully digital. So I think there's just, and in fact, last year I actually had, there was a there was a movie being produced locally. There were some higher profile folks who came in, 
And I worked with the lead actress for the period of time that she was here. Then she left. So those are reasons that I will actually keep a physical bricks and mortars space just to stay grounded somewhere. But I don't have sort of a client ideal split. Sometimes it might be 100%. Sometimes it might be 80%, whatever. I love it. So... So a few more questions, if you don't mind. So, so yeah. who do you who do you target for your business uh, besides people in Hawaii now? That's what I'm, I'm gonna know for sure. <laughs> <laughs> um, Princeville, Hawaii specifically. Right. Um, generally, my clients are. This always surprises people, but I have a very strong mix of males and females. Okay. And. I generally work with that plus 35 group and only for the reason that that's where those aches and pains typically pop up. So I've certainly had younger clients, but generally that's when people just recognize that, okay, this is an issue. I need to address this. I generally work with people who are a bit more cerebral and interested in learning the hows of what we're doing and the whys of what we're doing, not just let's do 12 squats. So somebody who's actually really interested in, in what's that supposed to feel like and getting a bit more invested in the process. So a lot of what we're doing is education and body awareness because we have 168 hours in a week. I'm going to spend one or two with you. That leaves you with 167, 168, 169 hours that you're not with me. So you're going to have to actually take that information out and apply it. So I have to work with people who actually understand that piece, because if they're looking to me to give them this instant solution or this phenomenal body that, you know, always works impeccably without actually having to do any of it on their own, that isn't really that realistic so I need people that are basically ready to do the work interested in investing in that knowledge and that mindset for themselves and then somebody who really is willing to take on that piece where it's private work which again is a bit more of an investment both in time and in money and in knowledge and in actually supporting the back end of their lifestyle to be there yeah wonderful so you're not gonna get out of here what I'll give us a few tips okay. that we can use um, just as we go along before we go ahead and, and, and use your services. Cause I know hopefully, hopefully we get a few people to get on yeah. it. This is this. I, I, I like what you're saying. I really love what you're saying actually, because you were, you were spot on when you're, you're, you people are out there. Don't really know what they, sometimes you don't really know what they're doing with, you know, they're out there in, in the, um, in the fitness gyms and they're doing what they can and they have no clue. They just know that, you know, they, they read a few things and maybe do see a, a few YouTube um, <laughs> videos. Often they're copying what somebody else in the gym is doing. Right. Exactly. Exactly. So can you give us a few tips uh, just before you get out of here of what we should be looking for or feeling uh, just just on your like like a one on one kind of stuff. So that kind of thing. Yes. So I talked about that pyramid and at the yeah. base of the pyramid is something that we call body sustainability. So we always jump to fitness. Fitness is somewhere higher up that pyramid. When you acquire a car, you know that you're going to have to put gas in the car. You're going to have to wash the car. You're going to have to the dreaded oil change. You're going to have to change the oil. That's at the base of sustaining that car. So if you, for example, just drove that car and you never changed that oil, the engine would, I don't even know what would happen. Seize up. Yeah. (laughs) 
Yeah. If you never wash the car in certain regions of North America, it's mm-hmm. going to rust. Yeah. Etc. If you don't put gas in the car, you literally are going to run out of gas and then you're going to need to tow truck. So we all know that about the things that we own. We never really consider that about our body. So we jump to fitness, but the problem is that for many of us, there has been a gap between fitness, let's say when we were teenagers or kids, and now we have desk jobs and we sit there for eight, 10, 12 hours a day. And then we want to be fit. And we hope that just going to the gym is going to give us that, but we've missed that component we're putting our foot on that gas pedal of the car. We've missed the component where we have to change the oil. We have to <laughs> walk the car. We have to do all that. Right. So for most of my clients, and that's part of um, when I talk about the pain relief, we have to take them back there to the place where they actually can sustain their body to do those activities. So if we have pain, and even if we don't, most of us, if we have a desk job, that's not what our bodies are meant to do. Yeah. We need some sort of mobility so we talk about that often in our culture as flexibility which it is and it isn't Mm. a whole other podcast (laughs) (laughs) but we need to sustain our body so that we can actually take it in the range of motion so that we can handle the stress that we're lifting or we can handle the stress of running we can handle the stress of that activity so some people need more body sustainability work some people need less body sustainability work that just depends on what kind of body you have it depends on what activities you're doing etc so most people need to focus a little bit more on sustaining the body than we do mm-hmm. on pressing down that gas pedal especially for a little bit over 35 so i am a big proponent of traditional fitness and i always tell all my clients keep doing what you're doing if you are playing soccer i have lots of male hockey players so carry on, keep going. But we're going to add in this other component as a base foundation. So that is a big piece of what I start with for all of my clients. I love it. Awesome. Awesome. Hey, <laughs> I have one last question. I was going to ask, I was going to ask about tools and apps that you might want to recommend. I'm not sure if that's anything that, that you, that you do or not. Um, <laughs> or no, I'm kind of out of the app loop, actually, because I know that there's a ton out there, but those are those yeah. are outside of my <laughs> expertise for sure. No worries on that. Last question. I ask all this this question to all, all my guests. And they're sitting here, they're gonna be watching or listening later, and they're asking, you know, this person, Janice, I, I like what she's saying. I I love, I love her, um, I love her whole thing. I love what she's teaching. I yeah. want to be like that. I, I I'm interested in that so much. I want to be. I want to do exactly what she's doing, um, and be the authority in that space. Where you know, for me, can you give us a few last, you know, so a few things that you can share with them right now of how to get that done or how to get to, the, how to build in their space or be an authority in in the- this particular in the in, in the fitness fitness world kind of thing. Um, just give us some tips on how to build it. Okay. Get as much education as you can afford. Fitness education for trainers and yoga teachers is very expensive. But a lot of people get kind of a base training and then really don't do much other than the required continuing education certification. What has really created this business and created the ability to work privately with clients is having a huge diversity of different trainings. And investing in that literally every single year. Number two 
is decide if you are niching as a private instructor or a group instructor. So I tell my clients I am a private instructor who can teach groups. That informs how I teach groups. It's a very different kind of style than if I was a group teacher. So have a sense of whether you're a private teacher or group teacher. And if you are a client and you want a private experience, book it with somebody who primarily does privates. So 80% plus of that business is privates. Number three, do as much speaking and writing and content creation as you can because that's going to help connect you to the audience. So I write for Elephant Journal. I obviously have my social media, my Facebook, my Twitter, my Instagram, my YouTube channel. But get your message out there. And I've chosen to do that by not sharing a ton of exercises, but sharing who I am, sharing my story, sharing my clients' testimonials. I think there's a lot of different ways that you can do that. But you need to be not afraid to be public with your message. Mm. I, that's incredible. I love it. <laughs> I love everything you're saying today. Just, I, 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 what can I say? I know, I know we, we had a little, little bumps in the road with just getting the scheduling, but you, you killed it today, girl. You killed it. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Uh, we had, um, I'm Eastern time. She's mountain time. So there was a little, little bump in a little bump in the road there. Well, we got no, it done. Okay. <laughs> so um, tell people where they can find you after this show to connect with you further. Excellent. My website is mybodycouture.com. That's three separate words. My, M-Y, body, B-O-D-Y, couture, C-O-U-T-U-R-E. I'm at .com. I'm also on Instagram under Instagram.com, My Body Couture. On Facebook, under My Body Couture. On Twitter, under My Body Couture. And then I think a link that you're not going to have here is I'm a writer <laughs> for Elephant Journal. So I have yeah. fitness articles there, but I also have some articles outside of this space. So you can look up my name and you'll find my author profile and you can read over there. Amazing. And I think I think I really want you back so you can tell us about branding because that is you have my body gets here is it you got that going on girl so I I, I love it I love it you can find I I, I would say if you just search my body here you can just find her all the things there you go so amazing stuff I hope everybody got a lot out of this I know I did if you want to give us some last final words? Um, feel free before we get out of here. I would love to love to have you say a few things. Just really have that confidence in yourself to go for it and know, as we discussed at the beginning of this conversation, that it isn't overnight. But mm-hmm. I know that for a number of years, I did feel like I had to sort of step back and wait. I wish with some retrospect that I had just had that confidence to get out there, get a little bit more visible, get on Instagram a bit more and really just start being that authority with gravitas. Yeah. I love it. Unbelievable. Thank you so, so much, Janice, for coming through. Um, I had no word. I had nothing else to say, but (laughs) (laughs) I will say because we are doing this still, Anybody, let me get it out here um, on the ticket here. Please go to theauthorityletter.com where I'm getting giving you some tips and pointers eventually here on that um, as we go along with our podcast launch here over these, over these eight weeks. We're on week number six now. 
We've been giving a digital product away uh, for the last five weeks. You can go to the authorityletter.com to get on that list to find out when the next um, giveaway is. Or you can text we are live at 44222 to get on the list there as well. We'll hook you up there. So um, that is all I have to say for today. Thank you so much for Janice for coming through here. And before we go, just let this just know if you build it, share it, they will come. All right. You're the project. We want to put authority onto your name so you can sell more of what you're great at. This is what we're here for you to do. And Janice just killed it and let you know how to do it uh, her way. I appreciate you. Thank you so much. And we will see you on the next episode of The Authority Project. And that's a wrap for this episode of The Authority Project. Thanks so much for tuning in. And if you like what you heard, we want to hear from you. Subscribe, rate, and give an honest review. Share and tell your friends so they can hear too. And for even more authority-building tactics, be sure to sign up at theauthorityletter.com. Get free weekly content and ongoing digital product giveaways to help you on your entrepreneurial journey. We certainly hope you got a key takeaway or maybe an aha moment from today's broadcast. Just remember, it's your authority. Build it, share it, and they will come. Until next time.